Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight we start our look back at last week's sports awards. Martin Hill joins us in the studio and junior sportsperson of the year, Sam Hardy, is on the phones. The twins look back at two weekends of running and Graham talks all things striders. I'm Mick Bradley, Tony Smith is getting soaked at low fields and this is the renowned Radio Newark Sport and of course we start with the young names in the news. And Tom Cowlin won his third professional fight on Saturday to keep his 100% win record intact. Chloe Hubbard, Amelia Crispin and Joseph Monk were the stars of Newark Athletic Club at the North Midlands Cross Country event. More from the twins on that one in a few minutes' time, assuming that they're out getting soaked as well. Newark Town under-18 footballers lost top spot in the Notts Youth League division. One after... We suffered a 4-0 defeat at Arnold. That was a bad day. And Gary Atwood's RHP's under-16 Colts beat arch-rivals Rushton's by the odd goal in three at the Sports Village on Sunday to maintain third place in the Midlinks Youth League. Joseph Kingsman and Angus McCallion with the goals. Which begs the question... Is Joseph going to be better than Dad Robbie? Hmm, we'll see. The Rugby Club senior youth team enjoyed a trip to the seaside on Sunday, beating Cleeforks 47-5 and success two for the under-14s with a 25 points to 17 victory over Nottingham Corsairs at the thankfully dry Kellam Road. And I thought it was probably going to be dry tonight because we had two football matches, but one was Collingham's trip to Dronfield in the Central Midlands Floodlit Cup. Unfortunately, that's come to the water in the middle of the afternoon. But, as far as I know, Flow Serve is still on. As they look to bounce back from that defeat at Worcester, they entertain Racing Club Warwick at what I think is a very windy and a very wet low field. As far as we know, the game is on if we are anything to the contrary, we'll tell you as soon as we get told. But uh, all things being equal, I'll see you at Lowfields just after 8 o'clock. Big coat time. But before we start talking about the sports awards, I always like our guest to have a, a chat about what's going off on the world scene of their chosen sport um so i've i've, I've did prime him a little bit because i'm nice like that thanks mate the first one is actually claiming he's too young but uh, martin welcome to radio new York sport um, let's test you on cricket a little bit um unfortunately um tragically bob willis passed away um last week i remember bob willis of course because um, it's my sort of era, and that uh, Botham's test at Edinley, as we all seem to know it as, it took eight wickets in the second innings and basically won the match, and Ian Botham took all the credit, but I'm sure Botham didn't. Um, 
he played 90 tests for England, so uh, I, I, I think that's got to make him one of the greats, hasn't it? Well, it has. He's a, he's a name that you, everyone knows in cricket, but I'm going to play the uh, going to play the youth card whilst I still kind of say it is out of my era mix. So more your forte, I reckon, Bob oh, Willis. Oh dear, listen, listen. Who um, does I'm, that one? I, I'm having you down to, to as one of the greats, and that's the first one he's dodged this evening. <laughs> you, he won't get away with that many times. Don't worry. I'm ready for the next three. Centuries from Danny Wyatt and Tammy Beaumont led England ladies to a 75-run win in the first one-day international against Pakistan. Ladies cricket at international level, where are England? Well, they're at the top, I reckon. They didn't show it so much in the summer during the Ashes series here, but as far as other performances go, they're normally pretty consistent, they're pretty good. Um, From watching the highlights from that game in Pakistan, it seemed to me like they just had a bit more freedom, a bit more fluency about them. Like they'd been given a bit of a licence to sort of enjoy themselves a bit more and express themselves, whereas in the summer they seemed a bit tight, like it was all tense because of the the men's world cup and the men's ashes and then the women's ashes it was they were just a bit tight they weren't really letting themselves just get into the game and just enjoy it as much i, I it's one of the things that we say on the on the irregular and the, the way ladies cricket football and rugby have, has come on over the last 10 years in particular is, is, is unbelievable and i i think that the lady cricketers are, are are leading the way of the three. Oh, definitely they have been for a long time as well uh, the ladies' cricket has always been at the forefront of, of women's sport in England, I think. How f- it's an awful question, but how far behind the men's game is... I mean, can it ever be the men's game, or is it... Is it the, I mean, they haven't got the muscles, you wouldn't have thought, um, but they've got the finesse. They have, and they've got the skills, and they've got the time, and they, they, you've just got to use your strength. It's like any sport, you've got to use your strength, and yeah, men are going to be stronger majority of the time than, than most women in, in, in most women's games, but the women can still put on a show, and they can still play at a high standard of, of sport that is good to watch, and that's, as a supporter of, of a sport, that's what you want to see, you just want to see good standard of cricket. But I'm sure as a cricket coach will tell me that it's not all about strength, it's about timing. Exactly. Exactly. Technique, mate. Um... This may be a bit close to home, but let's give it a go. Not, <laughs> nothing we sure have signed Pakistan pace bowler Mohammed Abbas um, as their overseas player for the first nine county championship games of 2020. The 29-year-old has been at Leicestershire for the last two seasons. Nots are going to be playing in Division 2, which I, I think is, is nothing short of scandalous. Well, they didn't exactly show that they were Division 1 standard last no, they year, didn't. did they? you're right. So they I mean, you know, with, with Peter there. Moore's in charge in that team, there's... And, and I'm not expecting you to comment because you have connections at Knox, <laughs> but they should not be in Division 2. No, not when you took on, like, if you take into account how they played in the Royal Under One Day Cup and the 2020 and the team spirit that they seem to have there, and then the next week after they'd had a really good emphatic win in a 50 over game, they went and got stuffed in county championships, and it was just beyond me how they couldn't win a game. I must ask you before this hour is finish because we bicker almost every week test match against 2020 tony is in one corner uh, i'm in uh, i'm in another corner i i will get back to that <laughs> a professional cricketer has pleaded guilty to conspiring to bribe other players in the spot fix in a 2020 match uh, um, he's, he's a pakistani cricketer that's played for his country over 60 times Match fixing in cricket, Martin, does not seem to want to go away. 
No. It's like you just start forgetting about it and it comes out of the news and then before you know it, it just sort of creeps its way back in. I've not heard of that story until you mentioned it. And it's it's disappointing. Like I say, well, you just started to sort of forget about the Steve Smith and Dave Warner situation and you start to enjoy watching them play cricket and then all of a sudden you get this news headline that someone else has been having a go at it. It's... Um but it, 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 all, it all knocks cricket back every time. Yeah, it doesn't look good in any sport. You don't want to see things like that. Uh, I, so I have visions of Jaffer offering sort of seconds of sandwiches. And, I'm not sure and what Jaffer can offer. He wouldn't give sandwiches <laughs> away, mate. <laughs> no, no, he would, n- n- knowing Jaffer, he would charge him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an accountant after all, isn't he? <laughs> well, he is. He, he, he most certainly is. Sports Awards, you, you was there on Thursday yeah. night, it, to where I was standing, it was a gr- great and glorious night. Um, the winner of the Coach of the Year came from Otherton, but in my world, both yourself and Gary Atwood and Newark's top coaches, it's as yeah. simple as that. Um, at the end of the night, when you sort of left, disappointed, pleased? Uh, what not was the emotions? All. I mean, as a coach, you're just normally happy to get a thank you at the end of the night, so just for anyone to take the time to even think that i'm worthy of being nominated is is enough for me so to just to, to come out in the top three as a finalist was it's beyond me and it was it, it, it was a hell of a category because what people didn't see was what went off behind the yeah. scenes and how it got whittled down um to the fun i mean it was that strong what alexis normally does is the winner yeah but it was that strong she couldn't just do the winner um it, it, it was amazing it really was so I'm going to talk about that I'm going to talk about yourself I'm going to talk about Rhiannon as well because Rhiannon was um, there in the yeah. junior sports person of the year um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Rhiannon but first of all we're going to try and find if we can see get hold of Sam Hardy but um, the two bits of news one that Liverpool have just scored so they are 1-0 one, one up in a game that they've got to get something out of and um, two the Magic Flow serve is still on so um if you're brave get yourselves down there and it looks like it's the return of lawrence gorman as well which is a massive massive plus for flow serve but uh, i'm going to try and find uh sam radio newark the home of newark sport monday to thursday 7 to 8 p.m with mick and tony Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. That's what you call timing. (laughs) To the phones and our junior sports person of the year, hopefully, is on the other end of the line. Sam Hardy, good evening. Good evening. You alright? I'm alright, Sam. How's you? Good. Thank you. Is it, a, is it a night off or are you down at the gym training? I'm not at the gym. I'm going to watch Flow Serve later. You're going to watch Flow Serve? Well, the game is still yeah. on, so uh, I'll, I'll see you there sometime after 8 o'clock. Um, yeah. What was it like to be crowned the Warwick Lane Junior Sports Person of the Year? Uh, it means a lot to me. I was proud and um, I, didn't think I, was gonna, I didn't think I was actually going to win it, but I felt really good when I, when I won it. You had a crack in 2019, though, Sam. You, you know, you, you, you've been into Europe boxing. Yeah. Um, 
you've got to beat it now, haven't you? Because you've got to go again in 2020. You've got to do all that again, and you've got to do more. And one of the things that Dean Sugden said right at the end, which uh, I, I certainly made a note of, Olympics 2024 is not piling the pressure on you, is he? No, hopefully. I want to go to the Olympics. That's my main goal, to get an Olympic medal and go to the Olympics, the Olympian. Do we know where the Olympics are in two, 2024? Uh, I think... Uh, Tokyo? No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. As long as it's somewhere now, as long as it's not Birmingham or somewhere like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that one. Um, boxing Korea at, at Suggy's Gym. Um, Dean was also picked up um, the biggest award that they can give out. Um... Dean Sugden, tell me what you think of Dean Sugden. I think he's an amazing coach. Best, probably the best coach in Newark or in England, probably. Um, he's helped me a lot to get to where I am now. But if it's one for him, I probably won't be the sportsman of the year. So, yeah. And will you or can you? How far can Dean take you? Can Dean take you all the way? Yeah. Take me all the way through amateur and then professional hopefully well the idea is that we 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 will follow you as well sam because i've got a yeah. picked up a little idea i'm gonna chat chat to your mum a little bit later that we're going to see a lot more of you um yeah in 2020 what's yeah. uh what's what have you got coming up uh next for me is um after christmas it's the championships again hopefully i'll get three times national champion and then from that uh, I'll go into England training squad again and try and get uh, to the next Europeans and get gold, hopefully. Well, we all look forward to that and we all look forward to following you. It's um, You should be very proud because you, you probably you. didn't know Warwick Lane. He was a wonderful lad who, who passed away yeah. well, well, well too early. And yeah. for you to carry the name of the sports person, Sam, um, yeah, thank you. The, 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 the second person to do that, um, it's uh, it's fantastic. And well, well done from everybody at Radio Newark, and well done from everybody in Newark as well. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. We'll talk to you again thank soon. You. Thank you. See ya. Bye. A worthy winner, Martin. I mean, he wasn't obviously Rhiannon was in your corner, but. Uh, um, I think Sam was a worthy winner. Yeah, definitely. So when uh, when they were reading out his list, list of achievements, me and uh, Rhiannon's mum looked at each other and just nodded in acceptance. And yeah, he uh, clearly deserved when he's done very well. So Rhiannon's had a great year, but when when Sam was getting his his achievements read out, it was something else. Uh, what I like about this program is I can't say anything without being picked up on it straight away. The 2024 Olympics are in Paris. There we go, someone's already told you. Somebody's <laughs> always told me and last, um, I haven't read this yet so I hope, it's, I hope it's nice to you. Last week's coaches awards were brilliant. The passion and pride both coaches had for their work was very evident. So oh. another good comment there. Thank, Thank you, you very much. For that one. Um, so let, let's go with um, with yourself then and I, we did mention it at um, the rugby club last week. Yeah. Um coaching and playing or coaching or playing i mean you still play yeah um you still enjoy playing and it, it, it is rather unique the way you do it at farnham because it's one of the few clubs that still play to enjoy it and well, if, if you lose well okay you have a pint more yeah well in my opinion and i've i put this across in my coaching as well is you play better when you're enjoying it and at the end of the day we're not a professional club We've, we've reached our peak at Farndon. That's where we're going to be. And 
you're enjoying your weekend, you're with your friends, you're playing the sport that you enjoy, and you just want to enjoy it. Yeah, you want to win, but if you lose, it's not the end of the world. And it's just about enjoying your weekends and playing a sport. And if I look down the list of players who are also coaching at Fondon, it's just a fairly long list, because, I mean, a lot of people play their sport and then walk away from yeah. it. Yeah, I've done my bit, goodbye. But that's not happening at Fondon, is it? Because you're keeping the club... You're thinking of where it's going to be in 10, 15 years' time when when you're in George Hilton's seat. Oh, that's a long way away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... We've got a really good system going at the minute and we seem to be producing good junior cricketers, which is the goal of any coaching setup. And it's just great that we've got all that involvement in the club and not only to have those coaches, but then when those juniors start playing senior cricket, those coaches are there to help them as well. So it's a friendly face and it's an easier transition for them getting from junior cricket into senior cricket and therefore it prolongs our club and it keeps our club growing. And I think it works well because the lads that's coaching them, they can see you play on a, a Saturday afternoon. As long as I don't go out for nothing and throw and a strap, well, they'll, take right. the, they'll, take, they'll <laughs> take the mickey out of you, won't they, for doing it? Yeah, they will actually as well. They don't <laughs> and, and so they should. Um, what One other sort of thing that struck me last week um if i went back probably eight nine years and all the cricket clubs around here seemed to be getting old together newark was doing it bolton was doing it and to an extent it's happened at farndon yeah um but we was there giving the team of the year to a a, a second team that is playing 13 year old yeah. kids in that and bringing them on you were standing next to, I would argue, the the best female, young female cricketer in the county. And again, you know, she's from Farndon. Yeah. Um, I think the future of cricket in the last 10 years has almost gone full circle. From a stage where you're thinking, oh, this is just dying on its feet and when we finish, that's it, we'll lock the door and go. Yeah. It's not happening. No, there's still that passion for cricket and people really enjoy it. And I think it was that time, say, eight, ten years ago, when clubs realised if we don't do something, then our passion for the game is going to fall flat because no one's going to be able to carry it on. And if no one else can carry it on, then we can't carry on as well. And that's where all the junior setups started getting involved and they started building. And from there, Newark, Cottonton, Winthorpe got a great setup ourselves, Boulderton. It just keeps building and building. Almost something went ding, didn't it? And overnight, it. But it's, it's not just for the to prolong the game and prolong the life of a club. It's what it, it puts back into the community as well because we're getting kids that never would have thought about cricket before and they're coming down first time, never experienced it, and now three, four years later, they're playing hardball cricket. So we're going to find out why Fondon is such a hotbed for junior cricket and particularly a hotbed for girls junior cricket. Yeah. We're going to find that one out and we're going to find out all about your connection at Nottinghamshire as well. That's still to come. We're going to now um, talk to a very soggy host, <laughs> Tilly and Lauren. You watch. They'll be on the three-piece suite watching the television. You see. You see, I was right about the twins. They are out in the pouring rain, the freezing cold the gale force winds that doesn't stop our athletes they're out there uh tilly and lauren good evening good evening um it's nice and warm in here in fact we've even got the air condition on it's that good what's it like outside well actually it's only slightly raining so it's an improvement 
cold. When my guest got here at seven o'clock, he was like a drowned when he walked in here, and he only walked about fifty yards. Yeah. Um, you've got two weekends to talk about, so I'm going to shut up and let you talk about them. So first of all, we had Maisie, who is only just nine, and she ran in. She's running three cross countries at Shared Pine for Nottinghamshire Schools. And overall, she came second in the Year 5-6 race. And all the results from each race got titled up. And she came third overall in the Year 5 and 6 race. And she's only Year 4. So, well done to Maisie for coming third overall. So, that's a really good achievement. Um, and then, at the weekend, we had our first North Mids. Um, it was a very um, muddy run at Hina. Um, we had Amelia, who came second in the under-15 girls. Um, and she did fall over, and, and like, we were all covered. It was such a, a such a muddy day. Joseph came fifth in his race. Um, in the under-17, Alice Gibbs came 18th. Me and Tilly in the under-20th came... Tilly came 85th, and I came 88th. Chloe Hubbard was the first lady back, so brilliant. Well done to her. And Becky Gallup came 13th. In the senior men, we had another big team. We had Jan Bailey, 32nd. Tom Hubbard, 42nd. Damien Davies, 46th, Simon Robert, 53rd, um, Jeff Gregory, um, we were not sure on his place, Adrian Dix, 111th, Carl Braithwaite, 125th, and Gareth Owens in 151st. So well done to our men's team. And finally, we had um, Joshua, who ran at Sheffield Open today, and he came away with three indoor PBs. He competed in the 600 metres and came sixth, in a time of 1 minute and 46. In 200 metres, he got an equal PB of 30 seconds, 0.6. And in 400 metres, he came sixth with a PB of 65 seconds. So, big well done to him. One one for the future, most definitely there. Um, yeah, definitely. We're not here next Tuesday, so this is an op- a first opportunity to wish both of you and the wonderful Owens family a great, a great Thank Christmas. You. Is Big Sister coming home? on friday oh well, that's it then she'll be in charge and bossing you two about then no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the owens family will be with newark athletic club because one of the traditional events um over the christmas period takes place on boxing day morning on the scones tell me about that so we've got the Boxing Day Handicap, so it's where the women run 3K and the men run 4K, and you all get put down a time to how quick you are, and the aim of the, and the, aim of the competition is to all finish at the same time. Well, it never happens like that, so normally it's all the race in the Owen, who can win first out of all of them. And, and I usually get, like, the slowest handicap, so I get off set off first, so I usually win it. Yeah. Then it's Dad and Amber usually just about get Tilly. And then Tilly comes last. So I, so I always seem to do the best because I get the slowest handicap. You know? <laughs> so so I, I think the winner of the Owens family should volunteer to do all the washing up on, on, on Boxing Day. No, you see, I emptied the dishwasher already. You've emptied the dishwasher. That's washing up, is it? I don't know. Girls, thank you very much for talking to us every single week. Have a great Christmas. Right, thank you. We'll catch up with you on Boxing Day. Bye. That's the wonderful twins out there in the freezing cold. I'm Mick Bradley, and you're listening to the Unique Radio Newark Sport live on FM and DAB with our friends at Smith's Timber. And don't forget, if you missed any of our shows, you simply go to the Radio Newark website, look under the podcast section, find sport, pick the one you want, and listen away. When I last looked, there's 477 hours worth for you to have a listen to. Can't be bad, can it? Um...
we're talking cricket tonight. What else would you do in the middle of December exactly. when it's freezing cold and pouring down the rain? You talk cricket, don't you? Um, it's a simple question, but I think it's probably going to be a long answer. Why the heck is Farndon such a hotbed for girls' cricket? Uh, uh, I think that is testament to our coaches and the, and the setup that we've got. We've really committed to, to having a good setup and, and providing as much as we can for the juniors in the area, whether it be providing all stars for the younger ones from the four to seven years old or the introduction of our under 11s team this year we're always trying to improve and trying to offer as much as we can um but like i said testament to the coaches the way that we coach we're just trying to get them enjoying cricket and yeah we want to teach them skills but we want them to enjoy it you know first and foremost because if they enjoy it they're going to want to follow it and they're going to want to be better and once you get a, a kid whether it's a, it's a boy or a girl and you get them hooked on a sport they just follow it and that, that's the oddest thing isn't it because yeah. obviously everybody wants him to go and play their sport so yes. to speak um how important is primary schools and in your case it's st peter's how important is your local primary school and do you have a working relationship with the local schools oh it's very important if you have that connection it's easier to go in put a face to the name straight away instead of just just advertising online you go in you put a face to the kids and then they come down and they know someone straight away and it's easier to integrate them in um, we did that many years ago and now every year the word gets out as soon as we tell all the parents that we currently have that junior cricket starting again on Friday nights before you know it the word's got out there within a couple of days and then that Friday night when we start they just keep piling over like last year we had 67 kids signed up that's amazing isn't it for okay let's just say a village you've got yeah. a lot far on this it's an amazing figure yeah to say um when we first started we were 10 11 12 kids playing softball cricket that was say eight nine years ago and now we've spiraled into this big club that's continuing to improve and continuing to perform Do, does 67 present its own problems though because when you've got 12 turn up well you can do it and there's no problem at all but 67 you can't do it it, uh, it takes plenty of volunteers, which we have lots of. Uh, we're very fortunate that um, Rhiannon's mum, Amanda, and Face mum as well, uh, Face dad, Steve, have started doing our All-Stars, which has been a big input to our, our club. And we had 31 kids in that last year. And then we've got oh, six coaches, myself, Richard Pinder, Andy Duckmanton, Dave Adwick, Mark Everington, Ian Robinson. So six coaches that, between us, hopefully there's only ever one maybe two of us away so we can manage it quite easily don't don't tell me jeff is teaching rihanna to bowl no 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 he's teaching the young ones to <laughs> enjoy cricket <laughs> there's never anybody more serious than mark when it comes to enjoying <laughs> um let's go to the to the girls then yeah um let's before we get and name names is it still difficult for them to turn up for that first time no, I don't think it is because we're getting these girls at at quick cricket and they're just joining in with the and it's just kids playing cricket and enjoying it, so they're already at the same standard and then they're just progressing with it. So it's not like they're not feeling like bullet like. I, I do think. I think we patronise. I'm be careful. Yeah. I'm trying not to be. Boys and girls. I mean, when I went to school, you know, they was the boys, there was the yeah. girls, so to speak, and you didn't hardly talk to each other. But looking at my two grandchildren now, who, who's sort of 13 and 11, they're best friends. They're friends. Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter no. anymore. Because you're just part of a group. And whatever that group does, 
you will do it. Yeah. Well, that's it. If you integrate them, then they all have to keep up with each other. If you separate them and the standards are lower in, in one of the groups, then everyone's standards are going to be lower. So if you put them in there with the, all the good kids, they're all going to challenge each other to be as good as each other. And they're all going to be role models for each other. And I think that's where Rhiannon's playing a, a good, strong role for, for the girls in particular. Is, I think she is a bit of a role model for the younger ones because they can see what you can achieve if you put into it. And even for the boys as well, you can go a long way and it, it can be a satisfying hobby that, that goes quite well. You see, again, going back to when I, I was young, the only cricketer that, that you knew was Rachel Hayo Flint. So Rhiannon Nolan Davis, it, 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 you know, <laughs> it's, it's there, it's there, she's going to make it. Um, she is your, to put it awfully, your flagship cricketer yeah. um, and the one that, you know, can I be a Rhiannon? Um, tell me about how you found Rhiannon, how she took to cricket, and let, let's, let's just talk about Rhiannon for a little bit. Right, so Rhiannon just came to us from school when, not when we first started, probably a couple of years into our junior section, just went down and did the usual, hello, cricket starting at Farnham St Peter's, come on down, see how you get on. She came down, did a couple of years of quick cricket, um, and then one year when we were pushing for the under-13s, we had a really good group of quick cricketers coming through, so I pushed for the year sixes to start learning hard ball so they could fill in in case I was ever short in the under-13s. So they would be under-11 age, but I was just pushing them to be a bit better. And she came to the first indoor training session that I did in January, and she just took to it like nothing else. So you start hitting a hard ball at her, she didn't flinch, catch it, easy-peasy, and she'd be moving for it, diving for it, not a problem. Took a hard ball in her hands and she was just bowling it down like she'd always been been doing it for years when when did you think hang on a minute well it was chance i ended up getting her a trial for knots to be honest because i at the time as well was doing the club club mark for Farndon, and i just happened to go into trent bridge for a meeting and one of the guys there josh scully just happened to mention do you have any kids any girls in particular that would be any good for a trial and i went well i've done two indoor sessions with rhiannon and she's half decent I would chat with Amanda and just said, just chuck her in, why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? She enjoys her cricket. They say no, they say no. If they say yes, brilliant. And fortunately for us, she said, they said yes. And uh, it's just gone from there. How much control then do you still have over the coaching of Rhiannon, or is it now all done from Trent Bridge? Uh, so when she goes to Trent Bridge for coaching, it's, it's group coaching, it's the team. They coach as a team, so it's there's no individual coaching about it really. It's all group sessions, it's all you know, net sessions, bowling sessions, things like that. So when she plays a game for knots, she'll do something she's not happy with. And then she'll come back to me and then that's where I come in as more of a one to one coach, me and Ducko we're, as well. Well was talking off her, wasn't we? And it, it was You were saying she she is the perfect kid. I have got a problem, Martin. You solve it yeah. and tell me what to do, which is brilliant. So, yeah, so this year, the big thing she had this year was she got out to spinners, I think about three or four games on the trot, and she'd come back, she had a little bit of a paddy about it. And uh, she just said, I keep getting out to spinners, it's not, I don't know what to do to him. Like, pace bowler, she's fine. Spin bowler, she just seems to lose her head. So I was like, right, fine, we can, we can work on it. And when we did our batting, just did one-on-one -on -one batting we just spent the majority of our time just me tossing up slow spinners and just getting her being more decisive in the way that she's she's playing the ball either 
go aggressive and attack it or sit back and defend it. You can't go half-hearted with spin. Once she got her head around that, she started scoring runs for Welbeck ladies as well as at County under 15 and 17. Uh, just to sort of change it a little bit, I, I brought the, the sport camera went down on the first... Just had a bit more pressure <laughs> on, on the first time that, that she played yeah, yeah. for the first team. I, I kept myself out of the way. I don't think she really it, it was there, but it was getting to the stage where she was going to go in, in into bat. You're steadily losing wickets, and yeah. it became obvious that. And, and she went off and, and got the helmet and and got everything. I would suggest Mother was panicking something. Yes something quite Massively. quite bad and Rihanna went and sat with Mother and one of the best things I think I've seen in sport in ages is, is Ducko stopped what Andy Duckmanton stopped what he was doing and he walked over there and sat with them both and from what I can hear they was talking about everything but cricket yeah Taking and I thought that's it. brilliant it's just mind games if you like but when she walked out there she seemed as calm as anything yeah she could get quite in into the games even though you know like our philosophy at Farnham is to just enjoy it she can get quite into it because that's the yeah. her attitude towards the sport is that she wants to be the best and she wants to win which is a great attitude to have but sometimes in that situation you do just need to take the edge off and just chill and relax and try and enjoy it just, what, what, just you know I, I went away that day and went, you know, went home and I was still buzzing about you know just something like that that Ducko took the time to go over there and just sit with him you got to think at the time she was still only 14 well, so she's still it. learning you, you forget this don't you she's still learning and you need to give her that experience and and know when to assuming that Rhiannon stays fit assuming that Rhiannon stays in love with cricket I don't think that's in doubt how far can that young lady go she's got the drive she's got the talent and if she keeps making the steps that she's she's taking like year on year she's just getting massively better every single year if she keeps doing that up until she's 18 sky's the limit if she keeps going and she's got the right attitude for it and on the back of Rihanna Nolan Davis the others are now starting to come through aren't they and this is you know that you need a, a figurehead and, and you know Rihanna is a very young but a figurehead yeah um, some of the others that you've got coming through have we got another Rihanna coming through Time will tell, mate. We've got we've got kids, the best, we've it? got kids with ability, and they've got they enjoy the sport and they love it. And if they're willing to put the time in, definitely, and they are. I mean, I do quite a lot of extra work with Faith, and she's her bowling's fantastic. And we came on quite a way with her batting last year because she knew that was one of her weak points, and she's made it back into the under thirteen squad. Um, we've had Anubi and Eleanor, who's come last year. She'd not played cricket for a lot. She'd only played cricket at school. She came. She, took to hard ball like duck on water and she's gone to a trial and she's got it and then in addition to that we finally got our first boy into the setup at under 10s with Toby Adwick which again is is testament to our coaching but is so that, Toby is that I will put down to then, Dave or is that... I will put that down to Dave for right, most of that okay, but right. <laughs> obviously we do try our, our best to help him out as best as we can yeah. the under 11s has been great for Toby because him only being 8 years old it's it's, it's helped him get into playing some hardball cricket at Farndon, which is where he wants to play, which is great. And yourself, from being a, a Friday night coach at Farndon, it's moved on an awful long way, hasn't it? I get paid for it now, it's great. Yeah, exactly, mate. so tell me, let's talk about you now then and what you do in your coaching, because you're at Trent Bridge, aren't you? Well, I don't like talking about myself, but I'll give it well, a Well, go on then. Yeah, so um, in September I got offered a job with Trent Bridge working with their Chance to Shine programme which is their school's programmes 
So I've been spending all of this half term. I've had seven schools that I've been into. I cover all of the Newark area, uh, Gedling, uh, Retford, all of the east side of... So this is a full-time? A full-time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I cover all them schools. Did uh, you have to think about about it or was it well they they, they, they put the offer on the table and said go away and think about it and i was driving home and i just thought why am i even thinking about it i didn't even care what the money was it's what i want to do so for me it's fantastic i, I get to go around schools I get to go around schools in the local area as well so i'm helping local clubs if they're t- to build their junior sections and then there's a little addition on friday nights i do some work at trent bridge with uh, some junior outlaws which is great so, schools cricket then, let's back to where we started. I'm assuming, under your stewardship, it's booming. Well, I hope so. I mean, where we'll we are s- now we'll at Barnby... We'll see in summer. Where we are now at Barnby Road, they, they, they are so proud of their cricketers down here. I'm coming here in the yeah. final half term. I've, I've already booked that programme in. Um, but yeah, it's the idea of what I'm doing at schools is to, is to get them at a young age, at Key Stage 1, and get them into local all-star centres. So, at the minute, we've got one at Farndon, there's one at Conton Winthorpe, and Newark R&M have got one set up at Fernwood. And it's getting them kids at a young age and getting them into clubs and get them hooked on cricket nice and young so that they want to progress. And if we can get them into clubs at a young age, then the clubs can do their work with their junior sections and, and, and build on it. So I'm just trying to give kids a gentle nudge. I'm trying to give them a, a positive first experience of cricket in schools and then give them a gentle nudge towards the local club and say, hey, if you've enjoyed it with me, you'll enjoy it with them on a Friday night in the sunshine, <laughs> not in the pouring rain. <laughs> Let's get contentious for a while then. Um, cricket, I think we've decided in the last 20 minutes that, that cricket is on the up um, yeah. and, and and it has got a future. Has it got a future on a Sunday? Because to where I sit, Sunday cricket, it's dying. like Sunday football, is dying. It's dying and I think the reason for it is it's, it's work pressures, it's life pressures. People just don't have that spare time or the intensity that goes into Saturday games now people put everything into Saturday games they're, they're physically exhausted when it comes around to a Sunday and you get the youngsters there's a lot of young teams that are playing and there's a lot of Asian teams that play on a Sunday and that because that's the only time they get to play um, so it is still important because it is giving them youngsters a, an opportunity to get as much experience playing as they can but it is it is struggling I'm afraid it's down to four divisions this year How important is it that cricket lets the the ladies play a high level of cricket on a Saturday in a men's side. I mean, I'm thinking of Rihanna. She's in Division D with Farndon, and I'm thinking of Eden. She she's yep. just won the championship with um, with Bolton, yep. and neither of them look out of place at all. And it's lovely to see, and they get treated correctly, which is even better to see. I think that's it. I think you you can't discriminate in this day and age as well. It's it's everyone is is has a right to enjoy the, the social time and to enjoy doing what they want to do and why should men and women dictate that why can't they be combined especially at, at grassroots level at local level get them in if they're good enough to be bowling at that level then they should be bowling at that level it's like when Rhiannon first came into the first team she not a foot out of place she sat straight in there and fa- uh, fitted, fitted perfectly within the team so why shouldn't she be playing there do I mean I, I? I wouldn't be on the wrong end of giving Eden any stick because you'll 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 get it back. But yes. how, how how has the opposition treated Rhiannon this season? They uh, 
they see a young girl come on, they think, oh, I'll, I'll be nice to her. And then she bowls the first ball and they go, okay, right, she means business. <laughs> and then they sort of get, and then it, it works in your advantage as well because they get a bit scared thinking, I don't want to get out to a girl, but at the same time, I just need to score runs. And they're in that little dilemma, but then they know that struggling to score runs anyway. I think she had the best economy rate in our first team at the end of the season. Even though she only played half a season, she had the best economy rate. <laughs> and it's because quality of bowling and people just didn't want to get out to her, but they also couldn't play her. <laughs> it was great. I kept waiting to her a couple of times. It was brilliant. Lovely. And now, just before we go to the break, um, the question that Tony and I bicker about all the time, is there a future for Test cricket, or are we going to go with what I call circus cricket 2020? What about the 100, mate? Well, that's probably the intermediate bit. <laughs> I worry about the county championship. I worry about Test cricket. I don't worry about England-Australia, but... I worry about going all, going all the way to New Zealand to play on flat pitches, which... Yeah bores the pants of everybody he's not helping anybody but the county championship in its current format cannot continue yeah I'm slightly worried about the county championship they, they just don't seem to be paying any attention to red ball cricket and that showed after the the world cup we'd had that great success with the white ball we'd won the world cup fantastic we went straight into the Ashes series everyone was on a high over cricket and then just flopped at the first hurdle and you just look at the team and you just think where's the Where's the standard? But then, like you said, you have to look down to the county, county championship for people to get better and be at a high enough standard to play test cricket. But if the standard's not there, where do you get your players from? Do you think it's right the Alex Aleses of this world choosing to play? Well, I can understand it. I mean, that's where the money is. And, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> they're professional cricketers and they're chasing the money. I, I understand that, but... <sighs> I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to this sort of thing, and I can't get my head around. They should be playing what is now termed red ball cricket. I'll I'll call it proper cricket. See, my everlasting like best moment in cricket is going to be the 2005 Ashes. Like we just had that World Cup win this summer, but that still to me doesn't top the the Ashes agree. Test series. Totally agree. The tension, the drama, everything that was involved in it. Yeah, there was tension and drama in the in the World Cup final, but you can't beat the 2005 just how the whole series played out and that it's over five tests it's but it was over five days as well and at the minute test matches don't get that far either they don't get that far or they call it a draw on the fifth day and they go too far there's no intermediate in the minute you don't go down to the last day to like last ball thrillers like they did at Old Trafford in the 2005 no, I'm not sure that, that those days We'll come back. Okay, we're going to go um, and try and out what the Striders have been up to. When we've done that, I want to know if it's Graham Graham's Graham's on the phone. If it's Martin's quiet time of year as we run up to Christmas, and as he just put cricket on the back burner a little bit, don't really think so. But we'll let him tell you. A quietish couple of weeks for the Striders, but there's always something to talk about. And the man to talk to us and tell you is, of course, Graham. Graham, good evening. Good evening. It's never a uh, quiet week for Striders. No <laughs> such thing. In fact, we had some real excitement in the week. There's been no news to you, uh, but uh, it's uh, yeah, news that uh, Peter Davis, MBE, was runner-up in the uh, in, in the final of the Senior Sports Person in the New Sherwood Sports Awards. So, you know, immensely uh, proud of uh, of Peter. He's a fantastic ambassador for local running. His, uh, his running achievements. Uh, are, are multiple and speak for themselves uh, multiple champions England international yeah great ambassador for Newark um, uh, half marathon and for uh, you know, local running and striders in general so well done Peter very proud of you so um, 
onto the news on the track or, or on the on the road. We had a half marathon at the weekend, the Turkey Trot half marathon over at Keyworth, and uh, yeah, a pretty hilly course there. It was a windy old day as well, so it was uh, quite tough going uh, for the four striders that were there. David Cross, one hour forty-two minutes and uh, twenty seconds. Simon Price, uh, sort of revisiting his uh, uh, w- w- where he was as a uh, as a boy. His old uh, school was the, uh, the the race HQ, but a uh, great time for Simon. Uh, one hour forty-nine and twenty-seven seconds. Myself, I came in in one hour fifty-two and fifty, and uh, Ruth Mount Stephen. Really good time for Ruth, who's in uh, fine running form at the moment. One hour fifty-five minutes and thirty-five seconds. Uh, going back to the day before, can we go backwards in this report? I think. Uh, to park run, we had uh, park runs at park runners at uh, Newark, as you might expect, but also a club tour to Poolsbrook, um, and Sherwood Pines, where people at Hunt Stanton, and uh, in Cool, which is an island. And at last week's a Newark park run, I've got two weeks to cover. We had a 100th run for our uh, chair, Jackie Jackson. So uh, well done on the uh, 100 park runs, Jackie. And uh, this coming weekend, uh, her daughter Hannah and her husband Mark. We're doing their hundredth uh, run, so uh, um, yeah, fine part running achievements from the Jacksons. Going uh, backwards, as I say, uh, to the Nottingham 5K Winter Series. Stephen Tomlinson was on the Victoria Embankment last Wednesday, and he did a 5K uh, run as part of a four-run series, uh, 24 minutes and uh, 15 seconds for for Tomo. So a good time there. Uh, going back to the previous week, we had uh, on the Sunday a couple of events. Actually, we had the uh, um, the Christmas Half Marathon, Nottingham Christmas Half Marathon at Home Pierpont, four and a half laps of the uh, boating lake there for Jean-Louis Ballastre and Daniel Fawzi, who uh, I think must have run together because the times are really close, one hour 39.57 and one hour 39.58. And also we had the uh, uh, sort of festive theme coming in, we had the Edwinstowe Christmas 10K, it's a trail race up at uh, sort of Sherwood Forest there, and nine striders there, won't go through the wall. But uh, Simon Palmer, the first uh, to finish, 46 minutes and 11 seconds. A couple of others. Sarah Carter, 54 minutes and 47 seconds. Dawn Hollingworth, 56 minutes and 26 seconds. And uh, Jenny Palmer, one hour, three minutes and uh, three seconds. And also uh, on the same day, over in Lincolnshire, the Lincolnshire coast, four striders over at uh, Skegness with the Skegness 10K. Stephen Tomlinson, we've heard about him already tonight. 50 minutes and 15 seconds for Tomo. Um, Gemma Latham, 1 hour 2 minutes and 27 seconds. Nat Sellers, 1 hour 11. And uh, Tom Stimson, 1 hour 26. And uh, in cross-country news, we had uh, David Cross over at the Midlands Counties cross-country uh, uh, cross Bullwell Hall Park. Six and a half miles he did in uh, pretty muddy and hilly conditions at uh, 47 minutes and uh, 42 seconds. So in terms of things coming up, well, we've got the balls over 10K um, on Sunday, and a few people will be there. But I think the main news for us, really, is the, that uh, in the new year, the Step Into Striders uh, Couch to 5K program starts again. So uh, Monday the 6th of January. It's uh, Mondays and Thursdays, and people encouraged to go to part run as well. Um, the first night at 6 o'clock, but thereafter it's at uh, 6.30. And, uh, yeah, it's £15. You get uh, uh, 12 weeks, uh, so it's less than a pound a, pound a night. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to... Uh, get into get into running and uh, and to go from as they from from not really running at all to to running 5k and it's been a very successful program in the past. Details of that are on our um, social media pages. Uh, how to how to join up and how to 
uh, inquire further if people are interested. So it's been a pretty busy two weeks, actually, uh, now I've reflected on it, and a couple of fairly busy weeks to come, Mick. You're, you're selling the um, running to, to me, Graham, but, you know, me and you've got a job to do at, at night time, so unfortunately I can't be there. Oh, well, you know, if you, uh, you know, said tell them my private rates, they're definitely... <laughs> tonight, so. Oh, brilliant. Graham, we're not here next week, so it, it forced me to wish you a wonderful um, Christmas, and um, if I don't see you on Boxing Day at the Newark Athletic Club's um, jaunt on... Um, Scones, I'll no doubt catch up with you very soon in the new year. Same, yeah. Many happy uh, sort of festive returns for, for Christmas and the new year. Well, uh, start another Striders New Year. Yeah. Lovely, Graham. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thanks, bye. And that's Graham with all the Striders. Liverpool actually won 2-0. Napoli also won, so Liverpool finished second in the group, one point behind Napoli, which... Um, means they could get one of the big boys in the next round the real big boys money they are the oldest so they shouldn't be bothered about anybody at all um before we martin tells us it's a quiet time of year for him or not as the case may be i'll just go back to to rhiannon because you said she's at loughborough yeah she's obviously at trent bridges well um the taxi that mothers end up being or it's we, we, behind every young superstar, somebody has got to do the the, the hard work. There's a very loving parent there, and she's yeah. got a, a fantastic one in her mum, that's for sure. She does a lot of miles for Rhiannon, and I know Rhiannon's very grateful of everything she does, and us at Farnham are grateful of what she does to, to help the club as well. It, it, it's fantastic, and, you know, the Amandas of this world are the unsung heroes, aren't they, really? Yeah, because, they, you know, and, and rightly so, we, we are champion in Rihanna and you know when she walks out for England you're going to be there saying I coached her she <laughs> played for Farndon and mum's going to be there but if it weren't for mum none of this would be happening maybe that's a new award you could uh, bring in for next year mate mum of the year Un- unsung hero of the year yeah well unsung let's, have, of the year. let's have mum of the year I like that one uh, <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put a nomination in for Amanda for that one <laughs> um is it a quiet time for you now? I mean, we are in the middle of winter. It is pouring down with rain. It's freezing cold, and nobody, apart from us two, are talking about cricket. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure other people are talking about cricket. Um, for me, it's not. I obviously, have a lot going off with with the job in schools, but I also have the the Super Ones group that I do on a Thursday night in in Newark for the disability. Um, and then also, I'm planning ahead to to next year. We've got indoor starting for the juniors in January. Sort of trying to plan what we do at Farnham in the in the summer as well. And then I'll have the fixtures meetings coming up for the juniors. So there's still little things going on that go on behind the scenes in every single cricket club, football club, rugby club. There's always something going on. And for me, with my passion and dedication, <laughs> shall we say, to Farndon, it's there's always something in, in the forefront of my mind that I need to, to do or something that I want to try. Let's just end with Farndon because it was a, a mixed season for the first team. Yeah, it, yes. it, I think... We got off to a lovely start. Yeah, it could have been... I'd got you down for promotion, quite honestly, yeah. but it, it, it something seemed to go wrong halfway through the season, and you couldn't you couldn't win for whatever. But that doesn't really bother you that much because yeah. you're all having a good time, you're all still smiling. And that's at the end of the day what it's all about. But you've got Southwold to play next season. Yeah. You've, you've 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 still got Newark. You've got Flintham come up as well. You've got some cracking matches to look forward it's, to. It's going to be a few short hops, that's for sure. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, as for, as for this season just gone, got off to a cracking start. I think we may have got a bit complacent in May, thinking this is all right, we're doing well here. 
and then it got round to June and then people started going on holidays and then and then we ended up I think mid table somewhere yeah it didn't at the end of the day but that's not the end of the world no. um, playing on a public park I, I know Bolton's trials and tribulations and they've got fantastic grounds people grounds men grounds women and, and what uh, what's it like for Farndham playing on a public park we have a, we have a great setup. I mean, the fact that the sun sets straight opposite our pavilion is a big win for for parents in particular on a Friday night after a long week. I mean, that's that's the only thing. I, I when, when I go and watch Bolton, it's freezing in front of there where they yeah. stand because the sun's Behind off it. Them. And I come and watch you, and the sun points towards. Them. I mean, whoever put the pavilion there thought about it. Good thinking. <laughs> but yeah, no, they do. We do a great job. The parish council give us license really to do what we like within reason. Um, and the guys, the volunteers that do the groundwork, can't fault them for the hours they put in to, to put a strip out every week for us. And it, and that is all volunteer. It's not the council that because no. I know at Bolton it's the council that do it, but with that's, Farndon, it's that's the council say there's there's the field. Yeah, no, that's the, your responsibility. That's Ducko, that's Ian White, it's Richard Pinder, Dave Adwick. They all do the wickets. George Hilton does his, his tinkering with all the mechanical stuff and does the outfield. So, yeah, it's all, all voluntary from, from our members that do it all in their own spare time. Isn't that how it should be? It's how it used is. to be, definitely. Yeah, it is. It's a, it definitely is a throwback. That's part of, that's part of a, a sports club, a, an amateur sports club, isn't it? So, 2020, we are going to um, find six youngsters that we are going to follow from January to... December. One of those, even though she doesn't know it yet, but her mum does, is is Rhiannon. Where do you expect Rhiannon to be come September? Hopefully with another Knotts Bowling Award in a bag. Under-15s and under-17s are going to be lovely. And then I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how this, this Loughborough Regional Development Centre goes for her. So that's, a big, that's a big thing for her. That is a big thing. I don't think a lot of people realise how big that is. And will she be still turning around for Fondon? Well, she better be. <laughs> That's the right answer. Marty, thank you for coming in. Hey, thank you're welcome, for... it's been a pleasure. It's been for... nice to talk with our Jaffa. Well, you get a word <laughs> in edgeways, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Um, tomorrow night we're still going to be talking sports awards because we're going to be talking to James Brinkat-Smith, our sports person of the year and a regular on this show. James is joining us and another regular, Julie Gray from the wonderful Four A's is also going to be talking to us. Mr Smith's going to be back, so I've got no doubt we'll find out all about our flow server getting on. The game is on. It's at Lowfield. There's still time to get down there. They're about ten minutes into it, and as far as I know, it's nil-nil. Coming up next is Stuart Preston on FM with the Blue Show. Andy Channing, of course, on DAB will take you through the night. But from us, good night. Radio New World.